Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today we're taking another look with the Kinks, specifically their 1969 album Arthur, or the decline and fall of the British Empire. Now this album is often cited by many as a slight change in course to the group. This was the first album with bass player John Dalton, who replaced Pete Quaif on bass guitar, and certainly as a slight change up in sound for the group, though you can certainly hear echoes of what came before, scattered throughout the music within, and certainly I get a lot out of this album, sometimes citing as my favourite Kinks album, but anything in the run from Face to Face through to Muswell Hillbillies is really in contention for that title in my opinion. Of course, we've looked at the last three albums on Mixology before, not specifically in order, but we've seen how the mono and stereo mixes of the group can vary greatly between albums, with the limited differences on face to face, the variable differences in something else, and the overall layered and recording differences in Village Green Preservation Society. Here, Things kind of follow along the same path. There's not too many differences, as the mixes themselves are quite strong, especially in stereo, but there's a few slight tweaks made to make each mix a little bit stronger than it would otherwise be if it simply was a fold, or just a combining of all the tracks themselves. Thus, there's going to be some very subtle differences here, but there's a few big ones as well. But before we get into the album proper, I've got an email I'd love to read out from you from our friend and listener, Fred Jansen. Hi Frederick. A link on the Steve Hoffman forum led me to your podcast on the mono versus stereo versions of Daydream, which I appreciated because when I got the mono version of the album just a few years ago, I wasn't really hearing that much of a difference. You pointed out some subtle variations I hadn't picked up on, and I enjoyed playing the mono version that much more because of that. But I really wanted to write to say how much I liked the one about Revolution by Paul Revere and the Raiders, which has got to be one of the most underappreciated records of all time. Lindsay and Melcher's songwriting production are just dazzling, and while it's understandable that it could have been overlooked at the time, given the flood of musical and cultural changes going on, you would think that somebody would have noticed in the last 55 years. Perhaps it's the conservative cover photo that led to this, although one would argue that those revolutionary war get-ups aren't too far away from the Sgt Pepper marching band costumes. If that's the case, it all comes back to not judging a book by its cover. Hearing you discuss my favourite songs off the album, Tighter and I Hear a Voice, was kind of a thrill. Nice to know I'm not the only person who appreciates those particular songs. Anyway, it was a good listen. Thanks very much for that. Fred Jansen Thank you for that lovely email, Fred. It's very much appreciated to hear compliments such as that, and I certainly agree that Revolution is an incredibly underrated album as far as the 60s repertoire of, well, music goes. It's got some utterly fantastic tracks in it, just a great production and songwriting throughout, and yeah, I mean, surely the album cover has something to do with it. In England, it's probably basically not known at all, as the group were not that successful here. It's not incredibly uncommon, I did find my copy out in the wild here, but it's also the only copy I've ever seen of it, so take from that what you will. Either way, definitely go and seek out the album if you haven't heard it, and of course, listen to the Mixology episode if you so desire. I do plan on visiting the other Melcher 
standard LP from the Raiders in future Midnight Ride, but I need to get a good source of the monomix of that first, so keep an eye out for that. If you too want to get your email read out on the show, you can email me at backtomonoradio at gmail.com, which I'll pop down in the show notes below for you. Of course, I also want to give a huge shout out to all my patrons, whose support really helps keep the show going, so thank you so much to all of you. And if you too want to support the show, we have some wonderful tiers available to you, and lots of extra mixology and back to mono content as well. And you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash back to mono, a link to which is also down in the show notes. But with all that out of the way, let's dig right into Arthur, or the decline and fall of the British Empire, and kick right off with a fantastic opening cut, and probably the most well-known track here, Victoria. Now right off the bat, the lead guitar panned to the left is mixed much lower in the mono, almost sounding like a room ambience rather than a direct mic recording. Let's hear that intro, first in stereo with the classic panned guitars and then again in mono where the one in the left channel is almost completely inaudible. And again in mono. through the track, the chorus does bring this second guitar back up in the mix in mono eventually, evident by the jangling riff being played, which is panned off to that side in stereo after the second chorus. It then remains in the mix until the end. Of course, this in itself isn't actually a difference, it becomes a similarity, but we'll compare just to see how that balance changes once it's in. We'll hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono. And again in mono. Track two on the album is the fantastic Yes Sir, No Sir, and the drums are most certainly mixed louder in stereo, especially during that first verse. We'll start with the mono and move to the stereo. Yes, sir, no, sir. Where do I go, sir? What do I do, sir? What do I say? Yes, sir, no, sir. Where do I go, sir? What do I do, sir? How do I behave? And again, in stereo. Yes, sir, no, sir. Where do I go, sir? What do I do? As we move later in the track, Dave's lead guitar in the final chorus is mixed louder in stereo, and it's sadly quite buried in the mono by comparison, which is a real shame. He does some great noodling all over the track here, and certainly it's some of his best guitar playing in my opinion. Let's hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono. Yes, sir, no, sir. Please let me die, sir. I think this 
again in mono. Yes, sir, no, sir. Please let me die, sir. I think this life is affecting my brain. Yes, sir, no, sir. Three bags full, sir. What do I do, sir? What do I say? An interesting little one here, the decay at the end of the stereo cuts to a stereo reverb panned over to the left channel, while the mono ends cold. Let's hear that first in mono and again in stereo. And again in stereo. Track three on the album is the poignant Some Mother's Son, and during the intro in the first verse, the left-hand channel, which is the harpsichord and brief strings and piano, appears to be mixed lower, though the parts that remain present do become equal as the mix goes on. What we'll do is play it first in the mono, and then again in the stereo. And again in stereo. Something I do want to note as we move along is that I've often read the mono feels more like a Village Green Preservation Society outtake due to the mix, and I can hear that, though there's not really any further balance that differentiates the two throughout the track, and it's likely due to the mono mix itself and what that offers up for the listener. However, at the end of the fade, the mono appears to cut to echo with vocals and backing track, leaving the percussion to play on for a brief period. The stereo makes the rest of the backing track clearly continue here instead, while the percussion is far lower. Let's hear this first in the mono, and then again in the stereo. And again in stereo. The good time fun of driving, the lead single from the album, comes up next and during the intro the bass has been muted in mono, coming in on the slide into the first verse. Naturally we'll play as first in mono like the original single release, and then again in stereo. <laughs> And again in stereo. And 
Once the main body of the track comes in, the acoustic appears to be mixed at a lower level in mono. It's definitely present, but less obvious. Note that the drums appear at a louder volume in mono. This is consistent from now on throughout the track. Let's start with the stereo and move to mono. And again in mono. This balance on the acoustic then swaps in the second verse, where the acoustic seems to reduce in stereo and increase in mono. A bizarre one for sure. Let's start with the stereo and move to mono. Into mono. left-hand channel in the section from 55 seconds in stereo is much clearer than in the mono. Let's hear it first in stereo and again in mono. And again in mono. In stereo, we get an extra 8 seconds of fade at the end after Ray's vocal drops out, leaving the backing vocals only, which is quite a nice treat, has to be said. Naturally, we'll start with the mono and move to stereo. <laughs> Up next is the rocker Brainwashed, and during the intro, the bass appears to have a reduced bass EQ, making it reduced in the mix overall. This naturally continues throughout the track in mono, which potentially sounds like a noisy needle drop weirdly, though the mono mix often distorts across the album anyway, so I'm going to chalk it up to that for now. Let's hear that intro first in stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. Generally on this track, the mono is not that different, but has a much louder vocal and somewhat louder guitar, giving it all a grittier feel, though certainly far more lo-fi when compared with the stereo. Things like the acoustic in particular feel less evident in mono. Let's start with the mono and open up into stereo. Yes, you are. Get down on your 
into stereo. At the end, the decay feels less evident with the horns in mono, and the S on knees appears to be faded out, while the vocals have a natural decay in stereo. Let's hear the end of the track, first in mono, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. Up next is, I think, the longest track on the album, Australia. And here we have half song and half instrumental outro, likely due to the TV show it was written for. Thus, we get some different sections to play with mix-wise here. Starting off at the beginning as always, the horn part during the intro is muted in stereo, then gradually faded up briefly at 9 seconds, then back down and up again at 14 seconds. It's a bit strange, but let's hear that first in mono and then again in stereo. Opportunities are available in all walks of life in Australia. So if you're young, if you're healthy, why not get a boat and come to Australia? And again in stereo. Opportunities are available in all walks of life in Australia. The piano in the left-hand channel appears to be mixed extremely low in the mono mix, assumedly absent, though it can be heard on occasion. Maybe a choice to keep the mix tidier. Let's hear a section of that, first in stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. Once we hit the bridge, the piano enters properly in mono, but here it, the lead vocals and the backing vocals are mixed much lower, with the backing vocals being gradually faded up to eventually match the stereo mix volume. Let's play both bridges in their entirety, starting with the stereo and then again in the mono.
again in mono. As we move towards the outro of the track, things are quite similar overall, but it is worth noting that the mono ends up louder and more overloaded by comparison. The backing vocals have been EQ'd differently in the mono however, which makes them stand out more. Let's highlight a section from 4 minutes now, highlighting it first in stereo and then again in mono. And the final decay of the track is noticeably longer in stereo, so we'll start with the mono and then move to stereo. Stereo. And before we flip the album over, we'll quickly highlight the wacky edit in the Australian single, which isolates the left channel of the stereo to create a quote-unquote unique mono mix, and then at the point that the slow section begins, it loops back to the previous chorus to fade. So let's hear that edit to the fade. Everyone gets around, and Side 2 opens up with a fantastic Shangri-La, and the vocal from the start has extra reverb applied in mono, and once the horn enters, this has the same difference. Even better, at the end of the intro we'll be highlighting, there are two extra clicks present in the stereo over in the right channel, sounding like a tape machine being operated. These are absent in the mono, though the click for the edit is also audible here. Let's hear that whole first section, first in stereo, and then again in mono. Now that you found your paradise, this is your kingdom to command. You can go outside and polish your car, or sit by the fire in your Shangri-La. Here's your reward for working so hard. Gone are the lovers. 
roses in the backyard. Gone are the days when you dreamed of that car. You just want to sit in your Shangri-La. And again, in mono. When the drums enter at 1 minute 10, they're definitely far louder in mono. So let's hear that first in stereo and then again in mono. Sit back in your old rocking chair. Again in mono. Sit back in your old rocking chair. You need not worry, you need not care. You can't go anywhere. Now, the chorus of this song is heavily distorted in both mixes, unfortunately, but the stereo only really appears so in the left channel, while the mono comes across as a mess, despite actually having more dynamics in the waveform, weirdly. That which is mixed left, horns and harpsichord, appear lower in the mono mix, but again, this is buried in distortion. Let's hear that chorus, starting with the stereo and then crunching down into mono. Mono. Something I did want to briefly highlight is that there's an edit 2 minutes 59 and while this is obviously across both mixes it's jarring in both so I thought I'd just point that out for fun. Moving on, the rest of the mix matches between the two, allowing for distortion, but the overload of the mono really becomes apparent on the fills after five minutes, where they become a mess of distortion and phasing. Let's just hear a bit of that, first in stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. Shine, 
Moving into Mr. Churchill Says, the B-side of Victoria actually, the first section is essentially identical, with some balance differences at points due to the changes between mono and stereo and compression etc. We'll start with the mono and move to the stereo. Into stereo. As the air raid siren fades into the track to introduce us to part two, the sound of it fades up a little later and much faster in mono. This then fades down a little later in mono at about 1 minute 54. Let's hear the stereo first and then again in the mono. Stereo. Let's obviously start with the mono. Stereo. A track I've always got a kick out on side two is She's Bought a Hat Like Princess Marina, and the piano in the left hand channel has been re EQ'd in mono to move into the background and avoid a cluttered mix. This does result in a loss of the mono feeling thinner than the stereo. The acoustic that is also panned left, maybe on the same track, suffers the same fate once it enters. Let's hear that first in stereo and then again in mono. She's bought a hat like Princess Marina's to wear at all her social affairs. Into mono. She wears it when she's cleaning the windows. She wears it when she's scrubbing the stairs. But you will never see her at Ascot. She can't afford the time or the fare. But she's bought a hat like Princess Marina. So she. The sound effects in verse 2 are somewhat lower in mono by comparison. Let's hear them first in stereo and then again in mono. He tries to feed his wife. 
and again in mono. But he can't afford a Rolls or a Bentley. He has to buy a second hand Ford. He tries to feed his wife and... As we move into the louder section of the track, we start to see how distorted the mono mix is. But interestingly, Ray's vocals have been rebalanced here, with the harmony vocal taking the lead in mono and causing additional distortion. Stereo first, and then again in mono. And again in mono. The outro section is generally the same, with the EQ noted earlier, but the distortion makes it hard to understand what is really happening here. We'll compare just so you can understand the deficiency of the mono mix, starting with stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. The soft brotherly ballad, Young and Innocent Days, follows on, and at 56 seconds there are backing vocals in the mono, absent in the stereo until the chorus. Mono first, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. In the final chorus, the drums are much more buried in mono when compared with the stereo, and interestingly the same applies when you compare it to earlier in the mono mix as well. Let's start with the mono and move into stereo. Into stereo. Second to last track is Nothing to Say, and while everything is present in both, the balances again differ somewhat, mostly due to the stereo separation and the slightly trimmed EQ in the mono. 
This is the clearest in the bridge where the piano gets lost in the mono. We'll start with the stereo and move to mono. Those happy days we spent together We thought our world would never change Into mono Decay cuts to a fade in mono, but in stereo it has a harder stop by comparison. Let's start with the mono and then play it again in stereo. And again in stereo. And closing out the album is the title cut, Arthur. Now, before the vocals kick in, there's what appears to be a click in the left channel with each snare hit, which drops when the vocals come in. I'm assuming this is a hand clap, but either way, it's inaudible in mono. Let's hear it first in stereo, and then again in mono. And again, in mono. The section at 1 minute 40 has the hand claps panned centrally, but these are again absent in mono. Interestingly, the hand claps at the outro are pretty audible in both. Again, we'll hear this first in stereo and then again in mono. And again, in mono. And overall, while it's far easier to pick out all the guitar parts in stereo, there's a real grit to the mono the stereo lacks due to the pan drums, at least on headphones. Like most of the album, however, I'm just glad to have both mixes. So let's hear the outro of the track, starting with the mono and opening up into stereo. Into stereo. And with that, we come to the end of another fantastic album right here on Mixology, and probably one of the later ones we'll be looking at, given this was released in 1969. A very strange year for a mono mix to be done, but understandable given the demand for mono still present at this time in the UK. I would say overall that the stereo is a much better mix, but there's certainly times where the mono comes through, such as on Driving and Arthur which I think are the strongest examples of the mono for me. 
Outside of that though, the stereo just has a lot more breathing space in the instrumentation, and certainly having the dry drums to one side and the room to the other really opens up the field of sound if you like, especially on that transition onto the outro of Princess Marina, which is one of my favourite moments as far as recording goes in any album ever. I absolutely love it. With that done though, we've covered almost all of the Kinks catalogue that we can here on the show. We're still yet to look at the debut album, but obviously their second and third albums were never released in stereo and still are not to this day. When it comes to the bevy of non-LP tracks from the group, we'll continue to be looking at these this Sunday over on Mixology on 45. With the two Dave Davis B-sides from this album, specifically Driving and Shangri-La, with Minus Child and Motherhood and This Man He Weeps Tonight, respectively. You can find this, along with previous episodes, including a couple of Kinks ones, over at the Patreon. With all that out of the way though, as I said, if you want to get in contact with me to chat about the show or just music in general, you can do so at backtomonoradio at gmail.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at hypnoticfred where my inbox is always open and there's plenty of other posts for you to comment and discuss on as well. As I said as well earlier, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash backtomono is your friend and again, down in the show notes. Either way, Thank you so, so much for listening, and remember, whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great, great day. (laughs) 